0: Is dropped and it's showtime from downtown Winnipeg. It's passed, a shot, scores! scores! What a stop by Helibon. Nikolai Ehlers the faceoff! Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Hosted by Jets TV.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets uh joined here as always by Mitchell Clinton but we're adding a new uh member of the ground control roster uh Kevin Sore from TSN Kevin welcome to the podcast and not as a guest i think we've we've yeah. we've gone through that
2: yeah that's that's old news i mean it's pretty much family at this stage i'd <laughs> say
1: <laughs> yeah you would say that for sure <laughs> Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get right into it. This is podcast 113 of Ground Control Season 4. Uh, our guest later on in the episode is Dylan DeMello. Mitchell Clinton, uh, took some time to chat with him after a practice last week. Uh, but obviously things are starting to shape out for the Winnipeg Jets as the regular season gets underway on Wednesday in Anaheim uh, on Sunday. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets sent David Gustafson down to the Manitoba Moose, uh, and Dominic Toninato and Nelson Noje were put to waivers. Uh, as we record this at 11.55 on Monday, uh, there's still some things that could shake out. The final roster isn't totally set, uh, so we're taking a bit of a risk here doing this podcast ahead of time.
3: Really putting ourselves out mm-hmm. there.
1: Yeah, but that's okay. But thankfully, we have Mitchell Clinton to explain what is going to happen maybe. Oh god. So go for it.
3: Yeah so like basically and we might get a little bit more into like the salary cap stuff later but um, one of the best things that you can do is keep in mind that the roster that gets submitted at I believe it's 4 p.m central time on Monday is strictly for the purposes of long-term injured reserve, uh, your relief pools in that regard as well as your performance bonus relief pools. Basically, the the thing that teams are trying to do is to get their their payroll or their salary cap as close, especially in the Winnipeg Jets uh, situation, as close to that $81.5 million number as they can because what that does is it maximizes your relief pools for long-term injury reserve, performance bonus, all that kind of stuff. So it's very, long-term injury reserve is something that is very, I guess you could say, Touchy is the wrong word, but it's very intricate. There's a lot of moving parts to it. Um so it the best thing, and honestly, Paul Maurice said this a couple of days ago, he just go read Marat's article Marat's article uh in the Athletic, because actually it is it's I've read through it, it's quite uh extensive, but it's it also gives a really good insight into Um, how this all works. He's got a guy from uh, Puckpedia, which is one of those uh, types of websites uh, that you can look at to see how this all works and you can actually move guys around and see how how close you can get to 81.5 million. So lots going on. But the main thing to keep in mind is what you see one day may not be what you see on Wednesday in terms of the Jets roster it's all just a matter of trying to get as close to that number as possible and then after that when your long-term injury reserve and all that stuff starts to kick in then you have some room to be able to manipulate and move some things around but yeah that's a long way of saying not much that we know is concrete nothing is permanent I believe is what Paul Maurice always likes to say
1: yeah and one of the things that could change, and I think will change uh, in the coming days here, is the status of Yevgeny Svechnikov, Kevin. Uh, he obviously at this point remains unsigned. He was at camp on a PTO, does have a, a contract with the Manitoba Moose, uh, an AHL deal. Um, what have you thought of his training camp so far that has you know, earned him the right to play pretty much every preseason game? Uh, obviously, Paul Maurice sort of hinted that everybody who's at camp right now is going to play games for the Winnipeg Jets. So I would imagine there's some sort of formality attached to this, but uh, just what have you thought of his play so far?
2: Yeah, I would say that it would be a surprise if if the paperwork on, on a deal for him to be a Winnipeg jet uh, is going to be done fairly soon. Cause I think that he's done all the things that uh, they were hoping to see from him to get a contract and to be a part of this team through training camp. Not a surprise to see him get as many games as he did. So You're looking at a 19th overall pick back in in 2015. So this guy out of junior was a stud. Um, Put over 60 goals up in just over 100 games with Cape Breton in two years. So, you know, to this point, he hasn't really achieved or translated what they thought he would be or who they thought that he would be uh, into the NHL game. So there's some excitement underlying there. Now, do I think that he's going to come and rip it up offensively? No, but... I still do believe that that's a potential and, and that there's some secondary scoring that that he could provide um, if he's in the right situation, plays with the right players and finds finds his confidence. So there's room here for him to do that, I believe. Uh, but what stands out for me in his game is, first and foremost, he he seems like a, a strong, solid man that, that can skate. Um, so, you know, a third line or a fourth line role, you have to be able to move, but you've got to have some grit to your game. Uh, he understands i think and more now than ever um, that he has to be trustworthy defensively and to be able to play a systematic shutdown role first and go up against other teams good players i think that he has that in his game and therefore he could be a good fit whether it's on the right side on the third line with lowry there's an there's a spot to be had there um, or or just a fourth line role uh, he can kill penalties and he's been auditioned there as well so I'm excited for him for what he's done, but I think there's more. And I think that perhaps there'd be some belief from Paul Maurice and his coaching staff that with more opportunity and a sense of belonging, which I think that he might have, um, that he could see a real possibility of of maybe unlocking something that he hasn't really achieved yet at this level. And that would be to build on, on what he is establishing and that's being trusted. But I think he's a guy that can add some offense.
1: I get the sense of him that this is a guy that has come into camp and is almost playing free, right? I mean, like you said, he's a first-round pick. He had that pressure attached to him with the Detroit Red Wings organization. But he comes here, signs an AHL deal, and it's just like, I'm going to show you what I have. And... Let the chips fall where they may, type of deal.
2: Yeah, I don't like. He's not coming here, and he knows that the Jets aren't expecting him to put up points. So that unlocks you in a, in a sense that okay, there's no pressure to do that, but it's a bonus. And when it's viewed as a bonus, now you can kind of almost be sneaky in that way when you score a goal and uh, or if you add some offense, it's it's now considered a bonus. And and on top of that, I think that it's 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 worth noting that that the the relationship with Pierre Luc Dubois and Svechnikov back in junior, they were unstoppable to some degree and and there's pierre luke is really excited to have him he yeah. was he was out front with that uh and and so there's that comfort level you know he's a he's a russian player who speaks good english um but having that kind of segue or that that relationship already established just makes you that much more comfortable maybe a sense of belonging uh, we saw them play one game together in preseason. it didn't have a whole lot of fruit but that's not really a shock because it's yeah in a lot of ways just it's it's sloppy hockey but there's always that potential as well to, to see if those guys can and do something on a, on a night where the maybe injuries lead to them being together too. So just another option and some excitement for both of those players.
1: Uh, Mitchell, speaking of untapped offense, Josh Morsey appears to be just filling the net from all angles. at a, uh, Some preseason goals, he's been sniping in practice. Uh, he's just looked really sharp through the first few weeks of camp here heading into the regular season. Uh, Just what have you thought of the D-man's play so far and the pairing with Nate Schmidt? I think this is a truly new and unique opportunity for him uh, and a situation he's finding himself in that he uh, he really hasn't been familiar with since uh, Jacob Truba left the organization.
3: Yeah, and they're both guys that like to get up the ice and be aggressive in doing that, and I think... Josh Morrissey. I mean, it's been well documented everything that uh, he was going through last year with his uh, the battle that his father was having, um, and then also just being you know it was he had a rotating partners pretty much all the time. As much as you tried to have some consistency with him, it was difficult to do. Whether it was injuries or just moving guys around and trying to find what worked best for those groups of defensemen over the last couple seasons. Now, pretty much since the first day of camp, it's been Nate Schmidt as his partner. And the two of them have just been able to work together. They played a few preseason games together, which is always helpful. And then they're basically ready to, to hit the ground running. But you mentioned like the offensive side of his game. He's a guy that, you know, in junior had, had some offense to him and you know, it's there just the last couple of seasons. It probably just hasn't been a priority for, for Josh Morris. It's been find a way to be as good as humanly possible defensively. Now, you know, he and Nate Schmidt can kind of read off each other a little bit. And you mentioned that, you know, he's been showing some offense, got a couple goals in the preseason. And I actually really like there's the the one power play unit that they've been running has him in kind of a, a one-timer spot in that right circle. And he's looked dangerous in that spot, whether, like you mentioned, whether it's in practice or otherwise, I think there's a lot of potential for him to have that quote unquote breakout year, if you will, as much of a breakout year as you can have as a guy who's, you know, 26 years old as Josh Morrissey is. But, you know, these guys are professional athletes. They're always looking to find ways to take that next step, add something else into their game. That offensive side of things has always been there for Josh Morrissey. Whether he's been able to use it over the last little while, you know, obviously is something that we've talked about. But I think this year there's there's potential there. And if he's, you know, staying on that second power play unit, which, or as Nikolai Ehlers likes to call it, the Ehlers unit, you know, that, that that's a unit that last year put up a lot of points for the Jets on the power play, and Josh Morrissey could be a huge part of that. So it's funny you mentioned the spot on the,
1: the right circle. Um, when I was filming the mic up against Calgary here in Winnipeg, uh, Schmidt and Morrissey are obviously the defensive pair on that second unit, uh, but there was a, a conversation being had between Nikolai Ehlers. Well, it first started with Josh and Nate, and Nate's saying, I'm going to try and feed you pucks because this is a new spot on the power play for you. But at the same time, I think Nikolai was getting a little upset because he was being looked <laughs> off. And so Josh and Nate were having this conversation about this, and then Nate says, well, I better talk to Nikolai just to let him know. Like, look, man, I'm just trying to help Josh out because he's never played there before, and you're a stud over there. And then there was a whole conversation on the bench between Nikolai and Nate just saying, like, oh, okay, that's why you're looking me off all the time. And Nikolai ended up almost having a hat trick that night, so yeah, exactly. he, he needs to stop complaining, essentially. I think. <laughs>
0: you know what?
2: It's interesting to add with Josh Morrissey and Nate Schmidt where they're going to complement each other and unlock a lot of different skill sets from each other. Josh Morrissey is going to be able to get up the ice more often with more comfort. And, and there's just like a, a recipe that balances itself out. So yeah. to me, I look back to even Andrew Kopp and Adam Lowry. What's overlooked is... You know, we talk about Andrew Kopp taking steps offensively and how his game is, you know, he's had career highs in virtually every category you can. Well, a lot of that had to do in my mind with with Adam Lowry, where you can take chances, you can push the limits and you know that you've got somebody that you can trust that is going to allow you to recover from mistakes. And it just confidence grows when you're around people that you can trust. And I, I translate that over to with Morrissey and Schmidt, where there's the potential for the same thing to happen. Where now you're just gonna, and that's not a slight on on past partners, but in the same way, I think that we could potentially see, to Mitch's point, a, a new heights and and a breakout year for Josh because of the trust and the veteran presence and the things that Nate Schmidt will unlock and Josh Morrissey to allow him to push those limits.
1: Uh, we've talked about the power play a little bit here, but we'll kind of get into the, the whole thing uh, on, a, on a grander scale. Kevin, just uh, the power play. Obviously, no more Matthew Perot on that second unit. He's moved on to Montreal. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois has moved into the middle spot that uh, Mark Scheifele occupied for a lot of his time here in Winnipeg. Just the, the power play for you. What have you seen? How do you think it could work this year? Uh, obviously, Adam Lowry gonna be looks like it's gonna be in that first unit uh, against Anaheim given Scheifele's uh, suspension uh, finishing up.
2: Yeah, you know what? M- moving parts for game number one, and it's it's confusing to kind of find the rhythm and get a real good feel for what it's going to look like because they're trying to get different guys into rotations and, and find some consistency with an inconsistent start. Um, the biggest thing, and I would say question mark that uh, I think is going to evolve over time is with Pierre Luc Dubois in the slot area. So you got Blake Wheeler on that unit that the power play runs through. He's up and down on rails on that strong side and and with Mike Scheifele in the one-timer situation. That isn't a pass that's going to connect often because teams are going to try to shut that down. They're going to know, and that's not an easy pass to make. But they've got different options. The one thing I'm not sure about yet is is the, the multiple functions that Pierre-Luc is going to have. Being a left-handed shot, he's not in a one-timer situation when Blake Wheeler has the puck. So to me... I'm already wondering, okay, is that going to draw more pressure to Blake Wheeler because they know that that Pierre-Luc can't release the puck from the slot area? If that's the case, we, we know that Blake can deal with that. It means that someone else is going to have more time and space. It's just a matter of whether they're going to be able to expose that. They will. I'm just not quite sure how that's going to work yet. There's some change there that it's going to evolve, and we'll see. Now, the, the other unit has been crisp. And almost surprisingly crisp with how they just they've got a dangerous shot in all three lanes. So whether it's up top from Schmidt, um, Ehlers up and down, and he knows that we know that he can shoot the puck where he skates down towards the net or pass it equally as well. But the addition that really stands out is Josh Morris. I didn't know he can shoot the puck the way that he's been shooting it with the velocity, but also the accuracy. So that one, they've got some swagger already. I'm really excited to see. There's simplicity to it, but there's skill all around it as well. It seems like early they understand what makes them dangerous.
1: All right, well, we'll slide into our guest here, uh, Dylan DeMello, joining Ground Control, the official
3: podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Mitchell, take it away. Intro our guest. So much pressure. Uh, obviously, lots to talk about with uh, with Dylan DeMello. We kind of touched on a few things about how his uh, training camp is a little bit different uh, this year. How it's felt, a little bit different. Also, obviously, his uh, longstanding relationship with uh, Brendan Dillon, and the fact that over the offseason he met uh, an Olympian who made some uh, some in- had an incredible performance. So, lots of topics to to talk about, and uh, the chat moves very quickly because, like I said, lots to talk about. Go.
0: Mark Shifley with a one timer through the seam. Jets. Oh, what a save, Potter! Hell of a
3: goal.
0: Are you ready for takeoff? Are you ready for the return of live in-person NHL hockey? The 21-22 season is just around the corner. Get your tickets now at winnipegjets.com tickets. Quarter season plans, single game tickets, and full season seat packages are available. Visit winnipegjets.com tickets and buy now.
4: Hi, this is Dylan DeMello, and you're
3: listening to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> Well, first off, Dylan, thanks for joining us on Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, podcast you were on last season. Just curious, obviously, we're coming to the tail end of training camp here. Just curious how things are going. Obviously, some new faces on the blue line, but uh, just curious how camp has been, and do you feel ready to go for the regular season?
4: Yeah, I think camp's been uh, really good. It's been high pace, um, been pretty intense. Uh, you know, obviously, there's some spots up for grabs, Uh so it's been, uh, it's been a good camp, and knock on wood, everybody's getting through it pretty, uh, pretty healthy so far, and um, every, everything's been really good, excited to, to get going. It's a huge year for us, obviously. We, you know, we brought some, uh, some additions in that should really help our, our team overall, so I think um, you know, we have high expectations for our group, and um, you know, hopefully uh, we, can, we can have a good start to the year and, and
3: roll with that. You said knock on wood. There's a wooden cabinet next to us. I gave it a little knock there. Um, just in turn how different does this feel this year over what obviously everybody went through last year with the bubble and because I know even in guys that come out and talk to media they just kind of say you know it's nice to be able to, to go for dinner with guys and everything like you came over at the trade deadline a couple seasons ago and then the shutdown happened very shortly after that so really you even have haven't had much of an opportunity to see much of winnipeg really i would imagine so how different is this year than what you guys maybe went through last year? yeah
4: it's it's, everything's different about it um you know obviously we still have some protocols and testing and and things of that nature but it's it's as normal as i think it can be and um yeah like you know we're able to you know go and do things that uh we weren't able to do for the last year and a half or so or two years so um everything just feels normal again everything just feels like it's back to normal even just doing a normal training camp helps a lot and You know, not having like an abbreviated year where we're playing only six teams or 17s or whatever it was. So it's nice to be able to, you know, have a normal schedule too and and see the rest of the league. And, you know, we haven't seen some of these teams in a little while. And, you know, everybody kind of has their food spots in those cities. And, you know, you look forward to going on the road and hanging out with the guys. So um, we got a real good group group of guys and, um, you know, made um, a a tough situation last year a bright spot. And
3: um, looking forward to kind of you know, having a normal year this year. And you mentioned uh, a normal schedule. Um, obviously you're, you welcomed your son into the, the family last year uh, in January and around the start of uh, the regular season. Just curious how are you able to at least somewhat predict what his schedule might be on a day-to-day basis, a little bit better as a, as a family now, or is it still kind of up in the air? I mean, he's not even one yet. Yeah.
4: I mean, it's yeah, your whole life changes. So I think our schedule is his schedule really, like, <laughs> you know, we like to, you know, I guess have some type of guideline, but, you know, it all depends on how his sleep is and uh, things of that nature. So um, I would say for the most part, we have an idea or to work around his schedule, but um yeah it's uh it's sometimes hit or miss he's
3: not the best sleeper at night unfortunately so uh, that keeps us on our toes i'm curious how quickly the dad joke started coming out of your mouth did it did it happen right away uh yeah <laughs> uh, maybe i don't know a
4: couple of them didn't land that's for sure when i try to <laughs> throw them down but uh yeah no and i guess I'm, I'm still kind of a young dad i guess you could yes. say some days i feel a lot older than i am but um yeah it's uh you know i guess there, maybe there's no good age to have a kid when you're when you're a pro athlete so um, but uh, you know everything everything's been great we've enjoyed it so far it's been an amazing amazing experience for us and um, we're, we're so blessed to, to have them in our lives and um, yeah it's, it's just been amazing.
3: Looking back at the off season, what it was I was going through your your Twitter timeline I mean one of the things I don't know if it was through your agency or how it was but you got to meet uh, the Olympian Damien Warner's a fellow yeah. guy from from London Ontario what was that experience like and I remember when, when Desiree Scott, who won gold with the uh, the Canadian women's soccer team, when she won bronze, I believe it was back in 2012, just how heavy those medals are. Did you get to... <laughs> I didn't touch the medal. On,
4: no, I didn't touch it. I don't know. Maybe one of those things like yeah. you, if you touch the cup, you're never going to win one. I know. Um, but uh, I actually met Damien um, years before. Logan Couture runs a... A charity event for concussion research uh in london so um i met damien a little bit and actually got to talk to him more at that event you know um at the charity event than his kind of party because yeah. you know he's shaking hands and kissing babies type <laughs> thing so um it was just kind of like a quick congratulations you know that's an amazing accomplishment and um yeah it was just a quick exchange, but you know the way he was talking and how he was very appreciative about everybody getting him to where he was today, all the coaches and his family and things of that nature He's a super humble guy and um, I actually got a lot more out of the out of his speech than actually talking to him. What kinds of things did he talk about? Well, he was just saying how you know how, how hard and long the journey was and how much um, you know work you know not what he put into, but what his family had to sacrifice, what his coaches had to do. He has like six coaches that help him um you know nutritionists weight training whatever it is um he was just very thankful for all their help and and especially in a tough year that they had to train they trained out of an old hockey arena like they couldn't do what they wanted to do with with covid and everything so um he was just super thankful and super humble and um you know this guy's the best athlete in the world and to come off like that um you talk to him and or you just hear him speak he just seems like a regular guy but he's um obviously a, a freak athlete and um he's he very well deserving and hopefully he can do it again uh, in four years last or one three on, years i guess if, yeah, it's, it's, yeah uh
3: last one uh, last one on him uh just from your uh perspective as a professional athlete when you look at someone that does something like the decathlon which is you know you're you're specialized in not just one event but but 10 right and to be able to you know put up the the kind of numbers that he did in the olympics yeah. even what he did there was was incredible as someone who you know plays professional hockey your focus is is one sport i mean there's a bunch of nuances in that sport don't get me wrong mm-hmm. but when you see a guy like him that goes in you know specializes in, in 10 and has to find i guess the time to train in all of those which is what can you speak to maybe the level of difficulty that's involved in that to be able to you know I guess spread yourself out in that yeah region. like
4: I, I don't even know the words like it's it, it's an amazing one it's got to be amazing dedication for for any Olympic athlete in general like that training you know like we're lucky in hockey we play every year you know they're they're Stanley Cup is every four years, right? Like, so the the training and all that has to go involved, the dedication over time, over a four-year period that you have to put into just one Olympic Games, and then to do ten events. And he was, you know, I think the 100-meter dash he would have placed in the final for it. Like, you know, I I mean, the the hard work and dedication that has to go into that, I think, is is utmost. And obviously he has some natural gifts, abilities, but it's all hard work, dedication, and, um, you know... the mental focus the the ability to have a goal in mind and reach it just speaks to you know the way his mindset was and i think you know everybody talks about how the game's more mental than physical and i think that speaks uh you know exactly to that you know you have to you have to dream it every day and you have to you know see, you know see your plan and then try to work that out so for me i i just was blown away about how how great he did and obviously the dedication and and the strength mentally to to go through all that. I'm sure some days are hard and, you know, there's some events that you're not as good in, right? So, um, you know, he had to work at it, work at it. And and that's just a testament to every pro athlete. You got to work at your game, no matter how old you are, where you are. um, You know, there's always something to improve.
3: So um, amazing accomplishment for him. Last one for you, just on the the team itself. You mentioned some of the new faces that are on the blue line. Obviously one of them not really new to you and Brendan Dillon. Just curious what it's been like for you to have, him around again obviously a guy that you were paired with a lot
4: yeah nice to have him around for sure um as good as a player as he is on the ice he's an even better person off the ice same with Schmidty. so you know you can't have too many good people in your in your locker room or in your organization so um it kind of feels like old times a little bit sitting beside him in the room and chatting with them it's kind of uh i guess a little deja vu type moment just a little different settings around us so uh it, it's been great having them those guys have fitting uh real well so far and i think they're going to bring uh, a lot to our back end Excellent. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thank you.
0: Shop where the players shop. Jets Gear and TrueNorthShop.com are your authentic team stores. Make sure to stock up on all your favorite Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose merchandise today. Visit one of the five Jets Gear locations or shop online at TrueNorthShop.com.
1: Thanks so much to Dylan for taking the time to chat with Mitch. I know that's a task, as always, to so have a conversation difficult. with you. So, um, <laughs> just kidding, obviously. He's
3: probably looking around in the loading dock of the iceplex being like, is there anywhere else I can go? <laughs> uh,
1: Alright, so, uh, this is exciting. We actually have regular season games to talk about. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets are in Anaheim to start the regular season schedule on Wednesday. Uh, it's kind of a different road trip. It's game two days off, game in San Jose on Saturday night, and then another two days off uh, of game action, and then into Minnesota on the following Tuesday. So uh, three road games to start the year. The last time the Winnipeg Jets were in Anaheim was uh, November 29th of 2019. So uh, it has been a hot minute since then. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know none of us are looking forward to Uh, exploring California again. So, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, uh, Mitch, just what are you expecting from the Jets? Not so much from the team. We've talked about them at length, but maybe the opponents.
3: Yeah, and I thought Paul Maurice gave a really good uh, kind of synopsis on what you're expecting from the Anaheim Ducks. You look back at 2015, and that's kind of the team that everybody thinks of when you think of Anaheim, just a really grinding team, a tough forechecking team that really tough to play against. And based on, I guess, some of the preseason games that have been out there, they look a little bit more like they're shifting towards that skilled, almost Eastern Conference style of game, if you will. So that'll be something interesting to see. And with a lot of these teams, I mean, they close out the road trip with the Minnesota Wild. That's a team that, you know, has always kind of been really structurally sound defensively and had to fight tooth and nail for any sort of offense that they could get. But you look at last season, they were one of the most exciting teams to watch in the league, and karel Kaprizov obviously was a big part of that. So it will be interesting to, to see him live for the first time, and the Jets you know, will be playing against him for the first time. So that's something to, to look forward to right at the end of the road trip as well. So, But like it is with a lot of these teams, it's so hard to predict because if you've been watching some of the, the Central Division previews that we've been putting out on WinnipegJets.com, I mean, I didn't envy Jamie and Paul in the middle of it having to dissect all the moves that all these teams have made because the roster makeup of all these teams that the Jets are going to face, especially over the course of the first couple of months, is so they look so different than what they were in 2020 or even 2019 when it comes to the Anaheim Ducks. So that being said, the Jets are going to face the Ducks three times in three weeks. So they'll see a lot of them in the first month.
1: You know, it's funny you mentioned Karel Kaprizov because, you know, watching him last year with Minnesota it sort of reminds me of like a problem in your life that you keep procrastinating. You see him having success, and you're like, "Oh, he is going to give us fits in a, <laughs> while, in, a in a little while. Not right now, but he is going to be our problem soon, and he's about to be the problem for the Winnipeg Jets. And if you're procrastinating buying tickets to Winnipeg Jets home games, uh, look no further than head to WinnipegJets.com. Uh, Great tickets available for the home opener uh, the 21st of October against the Anaheim Ducks, as Mitch mentioned. And then uh, two days later, the Nashville Predators are in town to rekindle the rivalry. I'm sure that'll be (laughs) exciting. So, uh, like I said, winnipegjets.com slash tickets. Uh, You can get tickets uh, for those two games and any game uh, for the Winnipeg Jets this season. let Kevin wrap it up here. Uh, I do have a question for you and this, I pose this uh, to you as the fact that you're a former NHL player. Um, There was a comment made by Andrew Kopp about Nate Schmidt and Brendan Dillon and just how these guys are guys you can win with. Uh, So as a former player, what is the gravity behind that statement? Because I just don't think that statement gets made about anybody that comes into your locker room. So, I guess, what does that mean, and how powerful are those words?
2: Well, considering who they, come, they came from with Andrew Kopp, he's not saying that without meaning it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'll look back to my last year in the league in Anaheim in 2003, and we were not the same as the Jets in the sense that this, this team is is loaded with talent. We were more of an underdog on the outside trying to get into the playoffs, but we made two moves at the trade deadline. We brought in Steve Thomas Stumpy and Rob Niedemeyer. And so there was no subtraction to the room whatsoever. We kept who we were intact, but added what we thought we needed, some some experience, some scoring punch, some penalty killing, and some speed with Rob Niedermeyer. And the the, the personalities fit well. I don't know that you could have predicted it, but they did. Uh, and then they, they filled holes that we needed on the ice as well. So when you get taken care of on and off the ice, well, we go to the Stanley Cup final and lost in Game 7 to New Jersey that, that year. So it was it was... or moves that fit perfectly. So I translate that to this, where there's been no real change to the core and what what the identity of this club is. It's just been addition. So no subtraction. And you look uh, on the ice first. Well, let's go off the ice. It's the personalities, and lots have been made about Nate Schmidt and that energy you know what, it's it's welcome here for sure. We know that we've got some personalities that are all business, Blake Wheeler, the way that he leads, and and it's needed. But there's a real offsetting energy and and a lightheartedness that Nate Schmidt brings. That's going to help. You cannot undervalue how important it is that the locker room feels comfortable, feels relaxed, yet focused to win. Um, And Brendan Dillon, the same, just an outstanding person on the ice. These guys are going to change so much, not individually, but they allow the Jets to change the way they play the game. And we we're, we won't dive into all the different zones, and there will be changes in all three different zones, but the thing that stands out for me is they've added some risk to their game. And to me, that lends itself to who they are. Try to catch us. We're going to play even faster. They we're already a fast team, but they're going to ramp that part up. So they're going to defend with more aggression. They're going to take a little bit more risk, You're going to see them leave their zone quicker. They've got now, they feel like they've got six defensemen that could skate the puck, move the puck, make plays. And that allows the fast kind of identity of the forwards to get on their toes and let's get going. So you're going to ask less of your forwards like they had in the last couple of years, maybe to sacrifice some of that offensive speed to defend as a group of five. Not that they're turning their back on that because they're not. But when you look at what you want to be, dictating and making other teams adapt to you. They are going to be wickedly fast, and I think the addition of Schmidt and Brendan Dillon allow them to shift their mentality when they don't have the puck, transitioning to offense when they do get it. It is going to be exciting as an analyst. I just can't wait to see how this evolves and to see some of the changes that we're used to seeing develop uh, as we start this regular season. I am just I can't wait. That's going to be a, a really exciting team to watch.
1: Well, we'll wrap this up uh with some fun and authentic uh uh nuggets here. Uh it's Thanksgiving weekend, of course, so happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners. I hope you've had some time to enjoy uh family safely, of course, uh this weekend. Uh I pose the question to you guys, what is your favorite element of a Thanksgiving meal or the traditional uh in the traditional sense?
3: Well, for me, I would have to, it's, well, I, I don't even know why I'm thinking about it. It's pierogies. That's that's what I have all the time, every single meal. Uh, for Thanksgiving, Christmas, you name it, it's it's pierogies 100%. I'm, I'm, I'm the person that goes up there that takes, like, a few and then kind of eyes up, okay, everybody's kind of guts, <laughs> and then I know I can go back for more. So that's that's it for me.
2: I don't even have to think about this. I'm a stuffing guy. Oh, yeah. And I'm not one of those people that has to have their food separated if it touches – on the plate with other food, I'm fine with that. So let's just go with, with stuffing and gravy. And just on top of that, pack on a big piece of pumpkin pie Ooh. with whipped cream. You can mix it all up in a blender oh, for Oh, me. I was going to say, and you're literally does do, does. eating it together. It doesn't matter to me. I love them so much. I mean, just skip everything else. Just go right for the stuffing, gravy, pumpkin pie with whipped cream. And I will eat until I fall asleep in my chair. I know.
1: <laughs> for me, uh, I don't know if it's tr- traditional, but it is at, at my parents' house the cabbage rolls. That's my favorite oh, part. Yeah, that's so delicious. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, the food touching. I don't think it's possible to have a Thanksgiving feast and have the food not touching. You need a plate uh, the size of a satellite dish or something <laughs> uh, to have the things not touching. Anyway, like I said, hope everybody listening to this has had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, on behalf of myself, Tyler Esquivel, Jets TV's Mitchell Clinton, and, of course, TSN's Kevin Sawyer. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, glad to have you.
2: Love be in here. I hope it's not the last time.
1: Awesome. I, I don't think it will be. So uh, yeah, enjoy thanks. enjoy your week, everybody. Go, Jets. Go. And uh, we'll see you next week.
0: This is Big Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. For Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com.